cross, but before the cross, we rise, man. I'm so grateful. I'm glad it's not left up to uh, our choice, our determination, our ability, our strength. I'm probably looking tonight at some of the weakest human beings that have ever lived through time. Approximately eight billion people on the face of the earth. And at least several hundred of the weakest ones that's ever lived is right here tonight. And I'm number one. Oh, he said, I would never say that. Well, you want to say you're strong and stubborn and bullheaded? No, I'd rather say I'm weak. Because Paul said, whenever I'm weak, then I'm strong. Amen. I'm so grateful for his grace and mercy to us tonight, aren't you? I heard y'all had an awesome time here this weekend. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but I figured we might as well have another one tonight. And we're already here. <clears throat> no doubt we have needs, don't we? Desires, things we need from the Lord. So we believe that he's certainly mindful of us to come and and help us and be able to speak to us. And I'm sure most of you know it already, but the Lord did a wonderful thing right here last Wednesday night. Amen. Sister Ruth Garland, death come knocking and life said, no way. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll tell you one thing, if death ever comes prematurely knocking on my door and I'm going to church, I'd sure like to make sure they believe he's a resurrection in life at that church. I'd sure like to make sure there's some men of God there that can talk, call death's hand and say, hey, you get back where you belong. <laughs> I believe he's the same, don't you? Genesis 13, 14. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14. Our setting tonight in... Uh, in this chapter in the book of Genesis, it's after quite a difficult time for Abram. He has experienced a great traumatic thing. His nephew Lot has left with him and been out with him now for quite some time. But all along, there was little things that was there. And they had come to a spot to where the herdsmen were arguing, fussing, debating, and so on. And finally, Abraham tells Lot, you look this way, you look that way, whichever way you want, I'll go the opposite direction. You go north, I'll go south. You go east, I'll go west. Now, when you know the setting of the protocol of that day, Abraham, Abram, his name is still yet now, he was the elder, so he would have been the patriarch of the family. He had the right to tell Lot which way to go. A lot, you go there and don't you cross them boundaries. Or you go there or you go there. Wherever Abram said for him to go, he would have been obligated by the law to go there. But I want you to notice the difference between a foolish virgin and a bride type. Abram looks in a total different way. You see, eternal life is living for others, and even though Abraham didn't have it in his soul yet, he had the deposit, and there was something 
that was there. So the Bible tells us that Lot lifted up his eyes. Now keep that in mind as we read this first verse. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes. Okay, so in chapter 12, the Bible tells us that Lot lifted up his eyes, not direction from God. But Abraham waited to lift his eyes until God told him to. You see, when you see selfishness, man, woman, boy, or girl, a person's life is all about themselves. Everything is about them. That's a terrible sign of a foolish virgin. Or, to say the least, a seed of God that's not yet been born again. God hates selfishness. It's the very epitome of the heart of Satan, is selfishness. So Lot lifted up his eyes. Abraham doesn't. Now this is more than just raising your head. But lifting up their eyes was a sign of a claim, a possession. So when Lot lifted his eyes, it was more than just his head being down and raising it up. But it was a claim on something. Now notice the Lord said unto Abram after that Lot was separated from him, lift up now, now. Not when you want to, Lot. Not when you want to, Abram. But when I tell you to. Now Lot may have come back and said, well, I felt led to do this or that or the other. <laughs> it's incredible to me how many people feel led and the crazy stuff they feel led to do. But you know what? A real child of God always checks what they feel led to do by what the Word says first. And the Word will never, the Spirit of God will never lead you or I outside the confines of the Word. Never. Don't never blame that on God. Lift up now thine eyes and look. Wow, this is quite simple, isn't it? But look at the commands now. Now watch what's going to follow his obedience. Lift up your eyes. Now's the season. Now's the dispensation that Lot's pulled away from you. Now you've time for you to go on. So he lifted up his eyes, no doubt, over and over again, but not like this. Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward. Now remember, he's near Bethel. So where he's at on this high place, he'd be able to look for miles and miles and be able to see what is going to be his. From the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Now Abraham has lost the presence of Lot but not the presence of the Lord. Now, after Lot left, the Lord come to give Abraham a visit. Amen. Lot had the best pasture land in all the country, but he didn't have the presence of the Lord. I guess which one would be right there? Now, if you can have the best pasture land and the presence of the Lord, go for it. (laughs) But if I have to make my... My choice between the best pastor and the presence of the Lord, I'll take the presence of the Lord any day. Now notice what God tells him. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can 
number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Now, when did this happen? At a great separating time in Abram's life. Now, all of us know that God demands separation. Sometimes it's your mother, it's your father. Sometimes it might be a friend. But the greatest separation will be when we separate from ourselves. That's the thing. Now watch in verse 17. Arise and walk through the land in the length of it. Now the original boundary from border to border from the north, notice the length, which would have been north to south. And the width would have been east to west. So from the north boundary to the south, about 180 miles is the length of the promised land. Now, the width would have been from the east to the west. So from the Mediterranean over toward the Great River, about 145 miles wide. The land of Israel is about the size of New Jersey. Wow. It has been sought after and more wars fought for that piece of real estate than any other place on the earth. And a place about 170 miles long and 145 miles wide. Why in the world does the devil want that place so bad? Because God wants it. You think you're so handsome? You think you're so pretty, sisters, why the devil wants you? He don't care nothing about your looks. It's because God wants you. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. I mean, let's be rumored tonight as we pray. Let's just hold our request in our hearts before the Lord. Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads to the dust of the earth, we call upon your great name tonight, Father. We ask that you take your word and speak to us. May this reverberate in our souls tonight what you spoke to our father Abraham. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. And the saints said, God bless you. You may be seated. From those verses of Scripture, I'd like to speak to you for just a little bit tonight on footprints means possession. Footprints means possession. So Abram was told by God to lift up his eyes. Lot lifted up his eyes on his own. Now, you know, to me, it's not just a great reflection of two men, a silver dollar and a penny, but it also speaks of the last days when self will be so dominant in the lives of the majority of the people on the earth. So Lot would have been a ambitious sort of a person, a man that was always 
looking out for himself. So whatever he would think, whatever he would do, whatever achievements that he would make, it would be always with number one in mind. So the Bible then tells us setting with the very epitome of Lot. It's amazing how the scripture can take three or four words and epitomize two different men and reveal the very secrets of their hearts just with three or four words. So Lot lifted up his eyes. So that tells to us the nature of Lot's soul. And then Abraham waits until God tells him to lift his eyes. Now we know that Abraham didn't go around like this all the time and never looking up. God had already told him about the stars and the, the sand on the seashore, of course. So he was going around with his head lifted up, but yet this speaks of inheritance. This speaks of possession. And both of them are epitomized by the exact same words but yet they go in a different avenue because their souls were from a different place. So Abraham desiring to please God, and Abraham, to be honest, Abraham was willing to put Lot first. Now boy, I'll tell you, if you can find a man like that, you found yourself a real man. Now Abraham, as I said, had the choice by protocol if Abraham would have said, you go back there in that country we left six months ago, our sheep ate it to the ground, our camels grazed it to the ground, there's hardly one sprig of grass left, but you go there and don't you come out of there until I send word for you to come. Now, by the law, he would have been obligated to have done that because Abraham was the patriarch and he led the clan. So this would have been the Abrahamic clan. But Abraham forfeited his right of selfishness and his own choice to be the main one. Now remember, he didn't even have eternal life yet, but he's already displaying the attribute of God and shows us, of course, the choice of God in his life. So Abraham was waiting. Now it might have seemed foolish to Lot that why in the world, what are you waiting for? God has already made his covenant with you. God's chosen you. What are you waiting for? Do this, do that, take it, it's yours. But Abraham, somehow he just feels like he's got to wait on that nod from God. He's got to wait until he's sure and he's totally synchronized with what God, I mean, knows what I'm talking about, with what God wants for his life. He felt like there was a time of possession. He had the promise of possession, but he felt like that his life must be synchronized with the time. Now, I hope you understand I believe with all of my heart that we as the people of God are experiencing a great move, are we not? I'm so glad to be a part of it. I don't mind telling you, I've been around the message for a while now, and I've seen revivals come and go, you know, and and it was said years and years ago by D.L. Moody, people laughed at it and said, well, you know, revivals don't stay, and it lasts, and he said, well, no, they don't, but baths don't either, but it's nice to get one every now and then. 
So it's the same way with revivals. People don't understand revival. Revival comes, but revival will go. But when revival is gone to the real seat of God, it leaves them with a greater determination, a greater desire, and they have been quickened when the revival struck their church or struck their move or struck their family, and the others will be moved for that season, and then they just wallow right back in the mess they were before the revival came. So you see, we do need revival, do we not? And we are, by the grace of God, God has allowed us, this is the bride's revival. But we know in between the moves that have struck the message, all types of men have tried to raise up and say, well, this is the bride's revival. And of course, every one of them wants to claim that they're the one that got it. You know, they've got the superior revelation and uh, all them that follow them, that's all the bride. That's a bunch of nonsense. Whenever God wants to choose to send a revival, God will do it. There ain't none of us gonna start it and there ain't none of us gonna stop it. And God will do it in such a way if he wants to pick up some knothead that don't hardly know nothing. And we look at him and say, God won't use that fellow. God will use whoever he wants to. He don't need our approval. He don't need for us all to vote on it and see if it's okay. God will do what he wants to do. Is that right? So you see, Abraham had this about him that Lot didn't have. And that was that he was going to wait on God. And God was going to give him the land. But notice the difference now, again, in this between Abraham and Lot. Lot took the land without direct leadership from the Spirit of God. You see, Lot looked at the land with his eyes and he saw the opportunity because Lot was a true opportunist. So he saw the opportunity and Abraham put it before him and he looked at the land and Lot said, wow, I could have this, I could be that, I could do that, I could do that. Now notice he doesn't even consult the prophet and say, but now wait a minute, prophet, uncle, what, what, what should I do? Lead me, help me, guide me. You are the messenger of the age Help me to know what I should do. I'm afraid I'll make the wrong choice. But instead of doing that, he saw the opportunity and he seized it. Well, I hope you understand. We've had a lot of lots around this message. That's right. And we will until the end, until the final separation comes. But yet Lot reflected many, many types down through the ages. So where Abraham waited and waited and waited on God, then whenever Lot saw it, Lot took it. Now, I realize there's quite a contrast there, but there's also the balance of us on the other side, of us seeing our inheritance and walking into what God wants us to be. How many wants that as a child of God? I believe God gives every one of us, as it were, a title deed. And the title unlocks and it starts in the revealing from the soul when you're truly born again. Then God releases your soul from every claim that was held against you at the courthouse of God. So whenever you're truly born again, then your deed is absolutely cleared in the presence of God. Then God starts releasing little by little your inheritance of the fullness of your adoption. 
Now, your adoption is not just going to be over in the millennium, but it's when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and then we start growing in God. Look at the apostles. How long did the Lord Jesus let them grow before they started manifesting their adoption? Well, what about three days? Whenever they got the Holy Ghost and they started healing the sick, they didn't have to wait five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Well, come on, somebody. When they got the Holy Ghost, they started healing the sick. They started doing exactly what the Lord Jesus done. They started walking in their inheritance. Now, notice God restated that he would give. God had already made this statement, but now God is re-verifying to his son what he's gonna do, and he's gonna give it to him as a possession. But notice God tells him to walk. So signifying, now Abraham has got to tread this entire journey. Now remember, he never owned any of it yet, and the only place he actually ever did own and had a title to was the land of Shechem where that he had able to bury his wife, which was in the field and the cave of Machpelah, where Job was buried. But all the rest of it, Abraham was a sojourner. But if Abraham would have only went 20 miles this way, 20 miles that way, 20 miles that way, and 20 miles that way from the land of Bethel, his children would have never went any farther than that 20 miles. Do you understand, parents, that you are not only acting out for your own inheritance, but the way you relate to church, you are sowing a concept in the minds of your children. The way you value the ministry, the way you value church, the way you value listening to tapes and reading your Bible, you are setting a boundary for your children and then what they do will set a boundary for their children. So if Abraham would have went 20 miles in every direction, can you imagine how hard, if not impossible, it would have been to ever had one seed of Abraham to go 20 miles beyond Bethel. But what did Abraham do? He trekked from there as far north as God told him to go. And then he went all the way down to the south and then at the widest part of Palestine, which juts out a little bit near over Iraq, where it goes the widest part, around 145 miles, the average is around 125 to 130, but he had to go over that because that little jut out went out just a little bit more. What if God's got a little jut out in my life? I wanna jet over there to the jut out. I don't wanna miss an acre. Well, come on, somebody. If God's got a jut out to your life, why would you not want it? Why would you not want everything that God has given to you? Why would you only want 20 miles from Calvary that way, 20 miles from Calvary this way, 20 miles from Calvary that way, and that way when God has got thousands times thousands of acres, Calvary is only the beginning, the cross is just where we get started, we don't stop at Calvary, that's where we start. We don't stop at the cross and say, well, I've got the cross, I've got everything. The cross is the bridge that takes us across the chasm on the other side. It takes us to healing. It takes us to the Holy Ghost. It takes us to the fullness of our inheritance. Does anybody want it tonight? Hallelujah. So Abraham's 
footprints are going to be used as the survey. Now, would anybody here tonight buy a parcel of land? And the person told you, oh, Farmer John McGillicuddy, and he stands up there and he said, I'll tell you what, boy, I own 175 miles that way. I own 313 miles that way and that way. I'll take a half a million for it. You are an absolute nut if you pay that man that kind of money without having a survey, somebody to come and say, he don't own no 313 miles while the man only owns 175 feet on the other side of that popper. He lied to you. Why, you only bought three and a half acres and you paid him a half a million for it. Why, we're all too tight when it comes to giving up our dollars. We're all too tight and too stingy when it comes to that. Oh my goodness, but what about your spiritual inheritance in Christ Jesus? The devil will try to get you to say, now you can't go beyond that chair right there. That's as far as you can go and you definitely can't go toward them drums. You've only got about a 14 by 14 foot square says who devil says who devil you're the one going to give me my title devil ain't no way I don't want my title from the devil's courthouse I want my title from Jesus courthouse and it leads me from eternity to eternity from the north to the south from the east to the west it includes healing it includes deliverance it includes miracles it includes supernatural it includes the power of God, it includes the resurrection, it includes the rapture, it includes everything I have need of. Oh, but you see, right here is the way you get it. Now see, we'd rather just say, hey. and I'll sit right here. I'll holler this way. Hey. God didn't say as far as your voice will reach, but your feet. You know what you're doing? You're voting with your feet. Now some of y'all go to a voting booth and boy, you'll vote for your favorite candidate of this and that and other. If anybody try to stop you from voting, you say, get out of my way. It's my American right to be able to go, don't you go in there and vote for this man, that man. You say you don't tell me how to vote. I'm gonna vote the way I wanna vote. Well, you're voting for God by your feet. You're voting for God and healing and his great word by your feet. You say, what do you mean? I'm saying whatever ground is yours, you're voting by your feet. If you go get it, that means you believe it. If you sit 20 feet from the cross and you never go any farther, you are also voting by your feet and saying, I don't believe it's all mine. I don't believe I can live a happy life. I don't believe I can live a delivered life. Well, I believe I can. I believe you can, but it don't make no difference how much I believe you can if you don't believe you can. And you cannot just stand there and say, yeah, I believe it. Well, vote with your feet. Measure off your land by your feet. March from the north to the south, from the east to the west. Let the devil know every inch of ground is mine. 
Oh my goodness. You know, Abraham believed God. Of course, we know that he did. The Bible doesn't say that, of course, about Lot. Lot was a troublemaker, but Abraham was a peacemaker. Lot's heart was centered on wealth. Abraham's heart was centered on the will of God. I trust we've got some seed of Abraham in here tonight. And you see, then it actually turned Lot, they were the best of buddies, you thought, and of course he was his nephew, but eventually Lot, it set Lot at war with Abraham, against him. So Lot then entered into this trivial thing, and what happened then, the shepherds began to beat around on Abraham's shepherds, and a war broke out among them. Well, whose fault was it? It was Lot's fault. You realize, friends, that, that he could not walk with Abraham any farther because Abraham walked with God. Now listen, the reason that many people pull away from you and pull away from the bride of Christ is because who we keep company with. We keep company with God. We keep company with the angels of God and some folks just don't like hanging around angels. <laughs> well, I don't mind telling you, I do. I love hanging around angels. Have me in your desk. Notice that you see his, his, the heart, uh, the heart problem of Lot was actually his heart. The heart of every problem is the problem of the heart. The heart of every problem is the problem of the heart. So Lot's heart was not where it needed to be with God. But Abraham was, and Abraham's best friend was God, but Lot's best friend was the world. So there's no way they're gonna be able to hang together, are they? It's just totally impossible. So you see, God told Abraham, I want you to walk it. So here what's Abraham doing? By his feet, he's surveying the promised land. Now, God said, I want you to go all the way far as you can go to the north, and God gave him a perimeter. You remember reading about that? And God told him exactly where to go. So he had to cover every boundary from the north to the south, east to the west, and claimed it for his seed. Our Lord Jesus not only come on the earth and got a great victory for himself, but he did it for us. So he went as far as he could go to redeem us. He brought the baptism of the Holy Ghost and he set the boundaries there and he said all things are possible if you only believe. I'm gonna tell you how far the Lord Jesus surveyed this property. And he went on to say, if you shall believe when you say to this mountain and don't doubt in your heart, it shall be moved and nothing shall be impossible to you. Now remember, here is the surveyor himself. So he went as far north as a person could go right into the presence of God and brought back the delivery to you and I on the title D and said all things are not just possible with God, but all things are possible with you if you'll believe them. How many needs help with that tonight? Oh yeah, I guarantee we all do. So you see, God was telling Abraham, footprints means possession. Now, that's all well and good. If God gives it to Abraham, but what about his seed? Now, does God carry on that same command to the seed or the genealogy of Abraham, or does it stop just with Abraham, or does God continue it on? Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 21. 
that your days may be multiplied in the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. For if ye shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to cleave unto him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you, and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. How many's got an enemy tonight that seems greater than you? You need to possess it? Here's your promise. Now notice they're not equal to or your enemy is less than. God's telling them right up front. I'm gonna let y'all know right now, your enemy is bigger than you. Your enemy is greater than you, but not me and you together. It's bigger than you, but it's not bigger than me and you because we are a team. Well, praise the Lord. Notice in every place, watch God now, in every place, Wherefore the soul, uh-oh, the souls of your, the souls of your feet shall tread, shall be yours. From the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea, which is the Mediterranean, shall be your so from the Euphrates, now, that, now we're going east-west, from the Euphrates over to the Mediterranean Sea and then from the Lebanon, which is north, of course, on down to the south. What's God doing? God has the title D. Do you understand they never did possess this? They never, not even David or Solomon under the great reign of Solomon, None of them ever went all the way over to the river Euphrates, which is in Iraq. Oh my goodness, the Palestinians are all been out of shape because Israel's got their land. Wait till they take over Iraq too. <laughs> oh, that's where the devil is. Y'all just stay a little bit of spot. Y'all stay, you know, don't, don't, don't venture out very far. Oh, we believe the message. We believe God sent a prophet and we ain't got enough victory to even come to the house of God. We ain't got enough victory to fight the devils and to be able to let Satan know where we stand. Oh yeah, we believe the message. Satan ain't scared of you just saying that alone. What he's scared of, the prophet said, what we need in Jeffersonville is hundreds of lived voices. That thunder that'll shake the devil. There you go, brother. That thundering life of a child of God that not only quotes the quotes, but lives the quotes and manifests the quotes and let the power of God live out of your life. Now listen to this. There shall no man, no man, be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of God. Oh my goodness. For the Lord, notice, the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that ye shall 
Oh my goodness, here's this verb again. So they gotta be walking. So you mean they can't sit at home and just stream it? They can't just conquer for just sitting at home. I mean, that's, that's what a lot of the message folks are. You know, they don't need to go to church. So they just sit at home. I ain't talking about folks that are sick. I'm talking about folks that are well body. And they're, well, I just don't need to go to church. I just don't need it. Well, goats, I guess, don't. But real sheep need to go to the house of God. Because the word tells them to go. So you've got to tread. You've got to move. You can't sit still. You can't just sit there and look at somebody. Well, what are we going to do today? Treading, brother. Treading. Tread. What are we going to tread? On serpents and scorpions? We'll tread over evil. We'll tread over cancer. We'll tread over high blood, low blood, no blood. We will tread on ours until we take every inch of our ground. I wonder what you all think of how it is when you pray of how Satan reacts. What is the imagery in your mind of you praying? Lord God, I need this, and Lord, I need that. Father, my kids is grouchy. My wife ain't doing right, Lord. I think I'm the only one left, really. God, I pray you'd help all of them but me. I'm just so glad you put me on the earth, Lord. We need to get rid of our self-righteousness. Cast ourselves at the mercy of God and say, God, I need help. God, I, I need help. And then when we do that, then what do you think the devil does? You all think the devil's down in hell laughing at your prayer? If you're living where you need to be living and you know your position in Christ Jesus, devils tremble when you pray. It's not you that ought to be afraid of the devil. It ought to be the devil afraid of you. The Bible tells you, if you'll resist the devil, he will not towards you. He's gonna go the other way. Why? God will put the dread of you on demons. God will put the dread of you on cancer, on sickness, on depression, on anxiety. And when anxiety gets near you, anxiety will say, oh no, you better not get around him. You better not get around her. But of course, oh, oh, I'm so, pray for me, I can hang on to Wednesday night. What time is it? Wednesday evening. Pray for me, I'll make it. Brother Donnie, I don't feel it. Where'd the Bible say you had to feel anything? When are you ever gonna learn? You ain't gonna overcome hell by feeling anything. You're gonna overcome hell whenever you feel nothing and stand in your position as the word of God. My friends, I saw a little bit of the excerpt of the service here Sunday. My goodness, a hypocrite could be able to shout and run and jump and carry on under the anointing the way that was here Sunday. If it didn't hit you that way, I wonder about you. But that ain't when you overcome. It's when you walk outside them doors and you don't feel nothing. 
When you walk outside them doors and all hell breaks against you, you say, back off, devil. Back off, devil. I'm the same child of God. Was you running around that building? I'm the same child of God with the same Holy Ghost, with the same promise, and you're on my land, and I don't allow any trespassing on my land. There's a little varmint that's been trespassing mine and Carol's home. It's about that tall, about that long, got rings around its tail, and he's wearing a mask like a bandit. And he truly is a bandit. <clears throat> but apparently this bandit went to school because he found out a way to open up our refrigerator door on the back porch. So he's been helping himself to my goods. <laughs> oh my, he's been helping himself to my goods, which you all help me buy. And as far as I know, none of you <laughs> helped me buy that for no raccoon. You did not give it to me and say, well, Brother Donnie, buy the coon a sandwich and buy the coon this and buy the coon that. No, I didn't buy it for no coon and I don't want no coon eating it. And my wife sure don't want no coon eating it. She was out there today and she was madder than a hornet. There was coon tracks all over everywhere. Her and Lisha been out there cleaning the back porch and there was coon tracks on the counter. There was coon paw prints on the refrigerator. There was coon points here and there and there. There was flames of fire dancing in her eyes and it wasn't a pillar of fire neither. So I told her, don't get mad at me. Get mad at that coon. We've got to do something down here. I said, all right. So I went to tractor supply. And I'm hoping that I've got a hairy garment or a varmint rather. In that trap when I get home, I put him some sweet little marshmallows. I put him some orange, oh man alive, when he comes in that back porch, I even took one of the screens off and made him an easy entrance. I'm a hoping when I get home, so if any of you in the neighborhood hear somebody let out a big squall, you know me and the coon how to fight. I'll tell you one thing, I don't like it whenever he trespasses and he tears up my screen. How much more do I not like it when the devil trespasses my peace and the devil, devil trespasses your home and your health and your family and your husband and your wife. We ought to say, devil, out of here. Jesus Christ purchased this for me. It don't belong to you. Now the difference between me and that coon is my footprints on that back porch means it's mine. He ain't got no title deed and he shows up after dark. Well, praise the Lord, that sounds like the devil, don't it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge him. If I don't catch him, I'm gonna challenge him. I'm gonna stand trying to holler, come on, coon, come on. I reach and get my 12 gauge. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, that's what we need to do to the devil. 
Well, Brother Dowdy, how am I gonna know what my ground is? Study your Bible. Study your Bible. Spend more time in your Bible. Less time on Facebook. Less time on Instagram. Less time on TikTok. I'm telling you, it's time that we got in tune with TikTok, but not the one from China, but the time clock of God. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. We're getting closer and closer and closer to the midnight cry, and we're not gonna be ready by feeding on social entertainment and this and that and the other. We need to be so filled with the Holy Ghost that devils run when we come around because it's our inheritance. So, under the prophet messenger, it's clear, I think, God told him to take the land. So God takes his prophet messenger. Now Joshua's there, Joshua 1, 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place, notice, same thing. Footprints means possession. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon. So you can't email your foot. You can't email your footprint. You can't telegram it or post it or TikTok it. To be able to, I'm gonna TikTok my footprint to the north. I'm gonna TikTok it. I'm gonna Instagram from the east to the west. No, bub, you gotta walk it. In other words, it's gonna be hot and it may be dry and it may be giants and there may be Philistines and it may be a little bit dangerous, but this is the only way you get what's yours. Walk, 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 walk. I'm gonna try transcendental meditation on you. I'm gonna think myself young, okay? Y'all let me know if it works. Now in a few weeks, Carol and I will be 67. So <clears throat> I wouldn't mind at all being 67, but look like I'm 37. So let me see if I can transcendental meditation be able to change myself now back to like I looked when I first came here 35 years ago. Or shall I just go ahead and preach? You ain't got no confidence in my transcendental meditation, do you? Well, what if I just try to think myself six months younger? You reckon it'll work? You know? Well, what if I just try to imagine myself? Well, you know how that works, don't you? And they were living it because a boy gets up one day and he decides... He's a girl. Well, what if I get up in the morning and decide I'm a millionaire? And I just walk into the bank and say, I have arrived. I'm a millionaire. Oh, really? Well, what's your account number? BR549. 
Okay, now, where's all these deposits? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, biologically, I don't need no deposits. I don't need no biological deposits or anything like that. I'm just thinking today. I'm just thinking that I'm a, you know, I'm a millionaire. Well, come on, it makes just as much sense as a man getting up and thinking he's a woman and a woman thinking she's a man or they're thinking they're not either one. They're non-binary. They don't have to be nothing. You're about as dumb as a coal bucket. Well, come on, nature will teach you better than that. Why the jackrabbit's got more sense than that? You don't see no male jackrabbit acting like no trans female. You don't see no squirrel uh, taking his tuxedo suit off and putting a dress on a squirrel, do you? No, it's only crazy human beings. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. So if you don't put your, put your foot on it, you don't get it. How many needs victory? You know how you're going to get it? Not by me praying for you. Now I will pray for you. I pray that God will give you strength. But you do not overcome by me praying for you. You overcome by the word of God. Test, trials, your own faith, not mine. Not Brother Darrell's, not Brother Joel, not the rest of these ministers. That's not the way we overcome. Notice from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even in the great river, the river Euphrates, notice God reiterating again the boundaries. And all the land of the Hittites unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Let me tell you something, friend. Brother Branham is not Hebrews 13.8. Paul is not Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is Hebrews 13.8. Notice this, the prophet, he said, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you and be of good courageous and don't be discouraged and just keep moving on. I'll be with you. Everywhere you set the soles of your feet is a possession. So footprints means possession, brother. What the church needs tonight is some more footprints over here on this land. Don't hang around Jordan too long. Don't, let's get out of here and see what we got. Every time he made a footprint, every time he footprinted on, it was a possession. But Brother Donnie, what if I fall? Well, you did that when you was a baby, didn't you? Whenever you failed the first time that you'd sit down on your bottom and sit there, mama, shame on you. How could you dare let me walk, mama? I cannot believe this, don't you love me? You knew I was gonna fall, didn't you, mama? You knew I was gonna fall and let you let me fall. I busted my mouth. I refused from this day on to take another step. But what'd you do? Your mama grabs her iPhone, her droid, but she wants you. Oh, look at him, look at him, look at him. Come on, honey, you can do it. Come on, honey, you can do it. That's what I'm doing to you tonight. Come on, little honeys, you can do it. Come on, little children. Well, I fall, yes, 
Well, I've made mistakes, yes, but you will learn to walk. You will learn not only to walk, you're gonna learn to fly. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are gonna learn to leave this world, but you gotta start walking. Brother Footprints is possession. Ministering brethren, don't be afraid to put footprints where God has told you to go. It's possession. He told Joshua, everywhere the soles of your feet set, that's yours. Amen. We don't back up. We take what God said. That's the truth. No matter what the opposition is, how great it seems. If God said so, it's yours. When he gave it to Joshua, he never said, I'll take all the Havites and the Philistines and give it to you. Joshua had to fight for every inch of ground. Oh my goodness. Every inch? That's a bunch of inches, right? So you mean I've got to fight for every inch that I get in God? Not only to take it, but to keep it. Many times, friends, that's where we fail. We take three steps forward and four backwards. And then we think, oh God, when's the next youth rally? When's the next youth convention? Oh Lord, have mercy. It's July. I'll never make it. I'll never make it. Oh no. What am I going to do? You're pitiful. Don't make strides in these youth conventions and then come here and sell like a bunch of, I don't know what. Put them footprints into action. Oh my. Notice this. God was with him in every inch of the ground you'll cover, brother, to make footprints. You'll fight your way through. How do we get it? Exodus 23, 30. By little and little. Oh man, who measured this out? Wow, man, I was hoping it's furlongs by furlongs when you were kilometers by kilometers or continent by continent. You mean that's the way God told them right up front? This is the way y'all gonna get this land. By little and little. Now little and lot, I'd have been even a little more comforted. But little by little, you mean I fight? How much did I gain? Three inches. Shoot, three inches? I'm wild. I'm gonna have to rest. Somebody fight for me, please. Brother Louis, you fight for me. Brother Rob, what? What kind of friend are you? I can help you. But don't you understand, it's not me. 
It's not these preachers that are your favorite ones and you say, oh, I get so much. Well, what do you do with what you get? Look, friends, remember, I think I'll forget sometimes. I was a Pentecostal before I come to this message. And I got to a place I was so dependent on gifts. So dependent. Boy, the Lord had to teach me some lessons. There was two little brothers in this, Cherokee Indians. Carl and Willie was their names. Brother Carl was really gifted. Whenever I needed something from the Lord, I'd go over there to Russell Springs near where they lived at. My, the Lord would just show him stuff and show him this and show him that. We'd go in and sit down in the living room, sitting there just go to talking about the Lord and the goodness of the Lord, and they had a lamp right at the end of the sofa. That lamp would start going off and on, off and on, off and on by itself. And he said, now, Brother Donnie, you've got a need. He said, yes, sir, I do. Well, let's just pray. So they go to praying and praying. Oh, but Brother Donnie was building up a great big pacifier. I mean, that dude was about that big around and about that long. So every time I got in trouble, I would call him Brother Carl, Brother Willie, some other brothers that I knew in Pentecost that was gifted. Oh, one particular time in Carol said, I met the other day, I was going through such a storm in my life, and it was on a Sunday, and I told Carol, I said, I've just got to go see Carl Willie. I've just got to, I've got to. I believe the Lord is leading me. Ah. Well, I missed church on Sunday morning and drove over to Carl and Willie's house. But guess what? When I got where Carl and Willie lived, Carl and Willie wasn't there. So we sat out in the car and sat out in the car and burned up and sat out in the car, went to a little store and got something to drink. We sat out in the car and we sat out in the car and after a while, I went home. I was so defeated. Oh, I know a lot of preachers ain't gonna tell you stuff like this about them, but you know what? I figured this will help somebody. It's worth me being humiliated. A lot of preachers want to tell you how God always answers their prayers and everything like that. Don't you never believe that. Don't you never believe God answers every prayer the way every preacher prays it. That's a bunch of lies. There ain't no such a truth to no such thing. Absolutely not. They'll only tell you, oh, I pray for so-and-so and this happened. They won't tell you when they fall flat on their face. But they do, just like all the rest of us. Oh my, I was so low and I was so low and so low and I thought, God, what am I gonna do? God, what am I gonna do? But you see what Donnie had done? God, 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 Donnie had got to the place he was so dependent on a gifted man that I couldn't have victory without a gifted man. Oh, hallelujah. My, ain't you glad I've changed since then? At least some anyway. I wouldn't be much of a leader, would I? 
But you see, God knew what he had in his mind for me, so he had to take me through that school. That's the reason it really bothers me, friends, when I see a lot of our message people getting behind certain gifted ones and they can only get revived and really fired up around certain preachers. Yeah, you're heading the same path old Donnie does. It may not be Carl and Willie. They may have different names, but the result is gonna be the same thing. You see, God wants us to stand on his word. Listen to the sermon. Listen to the sermon in Shreveport in 1965. I listened to it going down to Brother David's and coming back from Brother David's. Works his faith express, and you'll find the prophet of God saying that gifts are only minors. I find it so strange that we're all of a sudden making majors out of them. Well, come on, you won't hear that quoted, but you're gonna hear it quoted from here. The prophet said that gifts are minors and you can never make a major out of a minor. Come on, children. We do not take the rapture by gifts. God's prophet said we take the rapture by the word. You will not take your inheritance by gifts. You will not take your possession by emotion. You will take it by a God-given faith and you stand right there and say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, give me my property. I need my healing. I need my deliverance. I need peace. (laughs) Don't you believe in gifts? Sure do in the right place. Gifts are minors, not majors. Only someone writing, rewriting the symphony makes gifts majors. Don't get quiet on me now. The divine symphony of this age, so the message of Malachi 4 says, they are minors. And if we're not careful, we're going to get just like the Pentecostals. We won't believe unless we've got a gift. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've done a little studying on it while I was gone. And I found what the prophet said. Many people, the evangelist comes through and prays for all the sick. And he said, then people leave. The evangelists will leave and they'll think their pastor ain't nobody. But he said, your pastor's got just as much right as I do to pray for the sick. Y'all don't like that quote? Oh, I know we don't hear quoted much, do we? Oh, it don't have much power, does it? Well, it does to me. Same prophet of God that said the other said that. As a matter of fact, I also heard him say the other day that he was praying for a bunch of people in a prayer line and for this reason, for whatever time reason, I'm not sure, but he stood real close to the end of the prayer line instead of up front. And he said he let the pastors be up front and he said a big portion of the people were already healed by the time they got to him. Wow. Who would have ever thought such a thing was even possible? Almighty God. Almighty God. But you see what we do? We link our possession to a certain man. We link our possession to a certain type of service. Oh my, this, oh glory to God, hallelujah. I'll tell you what, I got so much, I got so much. Show me what you got left after three days. Testing, one, two, one, two, test. Footprints means possession. Possession. 
not screaming, not hollering, not jumping, marching around the building. Thank God, thank God. But if you got enough victory to march around it tonight, this in Bond Barnabas, sister in the wheelchairs and on this stretcher, God promised you healing and you'll have to fight for every inch of it. The devil will make you fight with the sword of God. Notice, not running, not jumping, not emotion. The devil will make you fight, not you and your pastor. Not you and your favorite evangelist. You. 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 But remember, footsteps, this possession, whatsoever your foot treads, that have I given to you. Every step you can make. You know that gets me feeling religious? Wow. So here's what got Brother Branham feeling religious. Hearing about people getting their inheritance. You know, that gets me feeling religious footsteps is possession. All the land that your feet will tread upon in this promised land, it's yours. It's the same to every believer tonight. Anything that you can take, any divine promise of God and claim it and hold it, it's yours. I'm gonna need some more of your land tonight. Well, Brother Don, I'm running up there and you're going to pray for him. I'm going to get it. No, you will not. I will pray for you that God will give you strength. And if I pray for every one of you here tonight, I'll pray with all of my heart. But that's not the way you're going to get it. You're going to get it by you setting your feet, not me setting mine on your inheritance and me conquer it, me do the praying, me do the studying, me do all of that. And then I turn and say, here you go. Oh, glory. Got a few more minutes? Notice this. This, I love this. Speak to the rock. We'll we'll, save a little time. Let's jump down to the very bottom of it. That's the thing, brother. We've got to get it. We've got to take it. It's ours. But you'll fight for every inch. Well, you know, God just didn't go over there and take a broom and sweep out Canaan. Now, wouldn't that be something? Man alive. I mean, God just takes pornography and he just takes that big old Holy Ghost and goes, it's just gone. God sweeps out temper. God just sweeps out everything that gets in our way. God just gets that big old wide brim and says, you get on out of here. You leave Nathan alone. You hear me? Don't you bother him no more. Don't you bother Jackie. He's my boy. And he said, come on, Jackie. Just sit down in here, honey. I'm going to get you a big moon pie and a big glass of tea and sit back in this Morris chair. Y'all know what a Morris chair is? You have no idea, do you? It was the forerunner of the lazy boy. I'm afraid a lot of us have got lazy boys and lazy girls. We're reclined back in the quotes. Glory to God. We got thumbitis. We click. Oh, oh, Jesus. 
Yeah. I guess I better call Brother Andrew see if he can come down here and fix all this. Yeah. <laughs> all the Amorites and the Hittites sweep them out and say, come on in, Israel. This is yours. They've even planted the crops for you. Now, buddy, that, that right there is my, ain't that our idea of a promised land. Glory to God. I mean, God just said, hey, y'all hear me? Get out. But before you leave, you plant their favorite fruits. You plant their favorite vegetables. You set up grocery stores. You set up everything just the way they wanted. And don't you touch one bite of it. And when you get it all done, you just gently walk out of here. And I mean it now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And they walked in. Boy, there, there was just big nanners hanging everywhere. That was onions and, and cantaloupes and everything. And they said, said, praise God. Talking about a victory. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. No, it ain't. They done all the labor. They done all the work. You just walked in and took it. Was it hot in here or is it just me? <laughs> they had to fight for every inch of the way. That's right. They had the promise of victory, but God told Joshua, where the soldier of your foot tread, that have I given to you. So footprints meant possession. Remember that sister in the wheelchair? Footprints means possession. Every time the soles of your feet touch it, that's it. You say, I couldn't wiggle my finger yesterday, but I can wiggle it today. Now you see, God will perform miracles and maybe bring somebody out of the wheelchair instantly, but he don't do everybody that way. Divine healing and a miracle is not the same thing. So how do some people get healed by the miraculous power of God? Well, they lose one pain, and then another pain, and then another pain, and then they go for a week and they realize, you know what, I'm getting my strength back. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. I, I, I'm feeling a little bit better. I said, brother, can you leap over a troop and jump through a wall? No, I can't do that or vice versa. I'm still so weak, I can't hardly go. And somebody else said, go to God, it didn't happen to me that way. I'll tell you one thing I got prayed for, I come out of like a bolt of lightning hit me. Well, that might have been a bolt for them, it don't mean it's a bolt for you. God may want to prove your faith and let others look at you and say, I want you to look at that. I want you to look at that brother. I want you to look at that sister. She barely, barely just moves that little finger. But you see her, she said, glory to God. Glory to God. Now some of you all, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You've got both hands, both arms, and you can do this. Some people, all they can do is this right here, and yet they do it with all their might. If you've got both your hands tonight, both your arms and a good voice, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You're saying, glory to God. I worship you, Lord. I praise you, Lord God, because you're so good. Hallelujah. Notice this. I couldn't wiggle my finger yesterday, but I can wiggle it today. You got that much possession. Well, praise God, three weeks ago I was taking 14 blood pressure pills and 19 tension pills and 37 blood pressure, this and that and the other. Glory to God, I'm down to 113 pills a day now. Praise God. And some people say, Lord, have mercy. Just leave them alone little by little. If that's the way they come, praise God. Then let's just go ahead and take the victory. 
Let's encourage one another. Oh, don't, don't rebuke them and say, I'd be ashamed of myself if I was you. If they drop off a pill a day, it may take them six years to get to where they ain't taking none, but praise God, they're on the way. Notice, so today, yesterday, you couldn't wiggle your finger. Today, you wiggle your finger, and the prophet said, tomorrow, you can wiggle your hand. The next day, your arms. Oh, glory. Then the first thing you know, here you go. But notice, so you start with nothing. So prayer is made for you, absolutely nothing. You can't do one thing. Then tomorrow, you get up and say, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. While people look at it and say, Lord have mercy, what? Look at them, they're absolutely out of their mind. What in the world happened? She wiggled her finger. Oh, okay, great, right. It is a great thing if you can't wiggle it. Well, praise the Lord, hallelujah. She's wild on a buck today, what in the world happened? She wiggled her hand. You better watch out whenever she jumps out because she's really gonna go, I'm telling you. But what will God do? God's gotta have somebody that he can do this to. There's so many he can't. Because if he don't do it like that, they're ready to quit. I'd like to preach to, to you sometime the pain preceding glory. The blind man that Jesus said was born blind, they said he sent his mother's sin, father's sin, said no, for the glory of God. How much humiliation did he bear for the glory of God? How much pain did he bear for the glory of God? Years the man couldn't work for the glory of God. Years the man was ridiculed and made fun of for the glory of God. You see, some people, God will use their life for a great phenomenal thing. They will pay for years for that one event. Lord God, help us. Help us, Jesus. Let's stand. God. Thank you, Lord. I'm trying to find a quote here. Let me jump over here. I got a <clears throat> brother. Just jump over here to court trial in Birmingham. <clears throat> Remember, God said when we're in Egypt, I've given you this land. I've given it to you. Now he isn't going to go in there, sweep it out, plaster the walls. Tell you to come in, get you a Morris chair. Say, I wasn't making that up. Get you a Morris chair, Google it. Get you a Morris chair and sit down and say, well, we'll have the maids to fix the bed for you. Now, I want you to notice a year, Brother Ram's preaching, it's 1964. You know what it shows to me, Brother John? People ain't really changed that much from 64 to 2023. Because that's a lot of people in town. Well, I've got to fight. My goodness, I ain't never fought such a in my life. Well, I moved here, I felt like I was in the will of God. Oh, hell broke loose. That's a good sign. You're probably supposed to be here. But people come and say, oh my, oh my, I'm among angels. Well, it won't take you long to figure out. We ain't all angels. (laughs) If you ain't figured it out yet. Uh, some of them might be them kind of riding them motorcycles. 
Got them jackets on? But there's some saints among us too. Oh yeah. There's some folks that really love God with all their heart. Will we battle? Yes. But we'll battle together. We're fighting. Oh, if you've come, you're thinking everybody's perfect, including the pastor. Well, let me tell you right up. There ain't no such a thing as a perfect pastor. There ain't no such a thing as a perfect church. And if there was and you moved there, you just messed up the whole deal. There's only one perfect thing among us, and that's the Lord Jesus. Joshua was told by God, everywhere the soles of your feet set that I've given you footstep me possession. Every promise in the book is to believers, but you've got to make footprints through it. You've got to fight every inch of the way. Listen to this advice. And if you haven't got no fight in you, then get out of the game. A child of God can compare the worst day they've ever had since they've been a Christian to the very best day they ever had living for the devil, and they say his days don't still don't even compare. If Jesus never answers another one of my prayers or your prayers, he has been so good to us all. We're unworthy, friends. We're unworthy of any of his kindnesses and his mercies. Oh, but I'm so glad they're renewed every morning. Just think of it. When you open your eyes in the morning, his mercies are renewed for you. His strengths are there to help you. So you're dealing with an issue in your life. You're dealing with a problem. You're dealing with something you can't overcome. You say, Brother Donnie, I try, I struggle with this certain, certain thing, whatever it is, and I do good, and then it seems like it just overwhelms me. What, what can I do? Keep right on fighting. Well, I was hoping you'd have some type of magic bullet. I carry no magic bullets. I hand out swords, not magic bullets. Quotes, scriptures to be able to put in your armor that when you walk out of those doors tonight and you face the devil tomorrow, you can stand there and feel nothing. You'll stand there with no preacher surrounding you. No youth leaders there behind you. But you'll stand there with Almighty God and a host of angels and say, Satan, I'm warning you in the name of Jesus, you better get off my property. You better get off my property. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He'll steal your flour. He'll eat your marshmallows. He'll eat your poke chops. He'll eat everything you've got. He'll take away from you and leave you high and dry. And then he will tell you that you ain't no good. You might as well just go ahead and stand your ground and say, back off, devil. This is my inheritance. Hallelujah. Footprints means possession. Let's bow our heads. I wonder, as we bow our heads tonight together, maybe there's folks that need healing in their body, they need deliverance for something, something you're dealing with.
you just like to be remembered. Now remember, you're not going to overcome but me praying for you. But I believe God will hear my prayers and strengthen you and help you. But you're going to overcome by taking this word. Not my footprints, but yours. Your footprints on that devil's head will mean possession. You may not get it as quick as you want, but you fight. And if you gain two inches and you fight three days to get it and fight three days to keep it, once you've got a good stand, then you're ready to take another inch or two. Keep right on going until we change in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I mean, I'd like to be remembered tonight. What about those of you out on streaming the service tonight? Those of you that are sick. Each one of you in your home. Erica, honey, lay in your bed in the name of Jesus. Take it inch by inch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Raise your little hands there up in the presence of God. Claim your healing. Claim your territory. Claim your ground. Every other sick person, every other person that has a need streaming. Don't think God's just mindful of those in the building tonight, but he's mindful of you and your need. Those of you that are weary, those of you that are down, just raise your hand there in your chair, sitting in your car, sitting in your office. There in New Zealand, and Australia, and Greenland, and Europe, all over Africa, wherever you are, whatever you need tonight, maybe daytime, wherever you are, but in the name of Jesus, may you stand there and say, by the grace of God, I'm taking my land. From the north to the south, from the east to the west, I'm tired of staying 20 feet away from the cross. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want every inch that God put my name on before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Now, if you would, I'd like you to lay your hands over on one another. Believer to believer, eagle to eagle. We're going to believe together now. I remember you're not overcoming for them and they are not overcoming for you, but you're praying for strength for one another, for courage, for a touch, whatever you need. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word tonight, Lord. I believe, Heavenly Father, that it's sent forth to encourage us to possess. We believe we're living in a time when millions of people are possessed by demons. We are living in an age of possession. When people are possessed by spirits of Sodom, they are possessed by spirits of perversion and insanity. It's an hour of possession. And Lord God, If Satan is possessing his, I believe you are possessing yours. Lord God, I believe the people that are possessed by these spirits are manifesting their possession. 
This is why they're insane. Why they're losing their minds. They inch by inch are claiming their ground and what is their ground? The territory of insanity. The territory of perversion. Then Lord God on the other side of that, may you so take us over Father. May you so captivate our hearts, our souls, our bodies, that each one of us in this place can be filled with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Lord Jesus, that if the devil can take over a person and change them, Lord, to where they become what he wants them to become, what about sons and daughters of God? May you so take us over by your presence, Father, that you can fulfill your will out of our lives, out of our bodies, and we will take our possession. Except we will not possess insanity. We will possess the mind of Christ. We will not possess, Lord, immorality and all the perversion of the day, but we will possess holiness, purity, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost. We will possess our land. Oh, Lord God, may we realize tonight the message of the hour is not just a bunch of quotes. It is our inheritance. It is a clear defining boundary, Lord. The message of the hour does not come to replace the Bible, but only to expound on it in a way that would make the passages in the scripture even more clear to us. You never sent your prophet to replace it. We don't do away with the King James Version and have a William Branham Version, Lord, but he come to bring to us the word of light. Oh, hallelujah. Then, Father, may we as your people claim what is ours. Lord Jesus, I believe tonight, Father, there will be great things that will transpire after this service, Lord. Maybe there's someone here tonight and they're bound by pornography, Lord. Maybe they are bound by temper or they're bound by anxiety. And Lord, maybe they can't even raise their hands and worship God. But Father, if they can't do nothing but wiggle that finger, let them wiggle it with all their heart. Then tomorrow, let them wiggle their hand. Then by Sunday, let them have the other hand raised up. Hallelujah. Little by little, they will take their land. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we worship you tonight, Lord God. We praise your mighty name, Lord Jesus. I claim, oh, Father God, your children. Lord God, let me venture out here tonight. I claim every sheep in this area that's supposed to be here at this church. I claim them for the glory of God. Maybe there's some tonight sitting on a bar stool. They have no intention of being saved, but they were ordained to walk through these doors and be born again. I claim them tonight, Lord God. Maybe it's a woman and she's living an evil life. I claim her tonight in the name of Jesus. Already, Lord, since we've been here, we've seen baptism after baptism. I believe we're gonna see more, Lord. 
I believe we're gonna see a rededication of folks that have been away from your father. Oh, Lord God, I claim every one of them that's supposed to be here, Father, fellowshipping with us in the name of Jesus Christ. May hell give way. House of hell, turn loose of God's sheep in Johnson City, in Jonesboro, in Bristol, wherever they are, in the name of Jesus, we are sent together. Those that God ordained to walk in these doors, Satan, turn them loose in the name of Jesus. Turn loose those that are backslid. Turn loose those that are indifferent. We claim them. They are our inheritance as the people of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many's got children tonight? Wife, husband, loved ones, you wanna see brought back to the kingdom of God. Raise your hand. They're on your property, Abraham, claim them. They're on your property, Lord God, I claim them in the name of Jesus. Oh, but Brother Donnie, they're going to a little Baptist church. Well, if that's where you want them to stay, but how do you know it may not be your prayer that will be able to quicken them right there to a new birth and bring them to the true baptism of the Holy Ghost? Why would we want them to leave them in some denominational church when God's calling them to the evening light? Praise be to God. Claim them, Esther. Claim them, little Esther. Stand up for your people. Stand up for your inheritance for you were born for such a time as this. Oh, Jesus, we bless your name tonight, Father. Oh, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. We praise you tonight, Lord God. Oh, Father, I want every inch of the ground that's got my name on it, Lord, whatever it is. Oh, I know, Lord, as I get older now, I'll lose my strength and and time, I'll lose my, my memory and all of that, but Father, I'm still gonna fight as long as I got breath in my body. I look at Brother Benton standing here tonight, Father, standing here several years older than I am and still here singing, clapping, praising the Lord, singing for the glory of God, doing everything he can do, Lord. Made a trip just a couple of weeks ago with Brother Joe all the way up to Pennsylvania and back, Lord, why? Because we still fight until death sets us free. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's who we are, Lord God. Oh, we worship you tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sing something for us, hey? Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many loves him tonight with all your heart? How many wants your ground? You want your ground? Well, Brother Donnie, how am I gonna know what's mine? Read your Bible. Get into the Bible. Get into the message of the hour. Find out what your inheritance is. Find out what's, what's God got with your name on it new birth, baptism of the Holy Ghost, a sanctified life, a victorious life, an overcoming life, a life, the prophet said, a man or woman can live so close to God that the devil don't know what to do with you. Can you imagine how far we are beneath our privilege? Beloved, I wish above all things 
that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. Psalms 37 and 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. John 15, 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask what ye will, and it shall be given you again in the book of John. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name, but ask that your joys might be full. Hallelujah, the Bible says it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. The Bible says shout with the voice of triumph, all ye people, clap your hands, all ye people. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Oh, glory. People. Hallelujah. Be strong, for the Lord thy God is with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord thy God is with you. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. Walk in faith and victory. Walk in
You mean you're not gonna go 20 feet out from the cross and stop? And we'll just preach the cross from now to the millennium. You're gonna preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost and healing and deliverance and peace and joy. And joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's what's in our land. Why shouldn't we have it? He purchased it. Oh, praise the Lord. When pains of death seize on my soul Unto the Lord I cry Till Jesus came
Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. He is my friend. He saved my soul. Put my name on the Uh-huh. 
about well let me share a testimony with you sister martha just came up come up a couple years ago her aunt had take chemo burn up her insides burn her up on the inside she said she took her back to the doctor today the doctor said you got any pain she said no pain whatsoever no pain well i feel like praise and rock in a weary 
land, a shelter in a time of storm. God is, my God is my everything. God is my everything. Oh, God is my everything. He's my joy and sorrow. He's my hope for tomorrow. Yes, he's my rock in a weary land, a shelter in a time of storm. Oh, my God is, God is my everything. Let's sing that as we're Oh 